Welcome to Pergamatic Digest Podcast. If anyone listening, we have a special guest today, Vincent Edwards. How are you doing, Vincent? I am doing well. How are you, Ellen? I am doing so peachy. I am very excited about what we are about to talk about. Yes. So we have a very, very interesting you know, story. I'm going to call it a story, right? Because we met on LinkedIn mm -hmm. because of a special post that caught my eye, but there was a strategy between it. And, and some of my audiences always hear me preach about how they need to leverage LinkedIn as a networking, but also job retention, new job, whatever. They just need to like uh, ma maximize LinkedIn as a platform. And I thought you did an amazing job. I literally remember your name. I remember how we met for that reason. So I know y'all excited to hear about it. Before we get to that, I think we're best introduced in our own words. So how about we give you a moment to introduce yourself to those who don't know you yet. Make sure you tell us everything for the good, the bad, the ugly. Like who is Vincent Edwards? Okay. Um, so I was born. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but my name is Vince Edwards. I call myself your LinkedIn big bro. Um, yeah. And it's so a it's a hashtag on LinkedIn, big bro. You need to. Yeah. So three things. I'm your big bro on LinkedIn. I am a job seeker advocate and I am the connection plug. And by connection plug, that just means that uh, I remember a lot of people that I met in my journey of seeking for a job. And so if someone is looking for a job in that field, I can almost always either say, follow this company, follow this person, or make a warm introduction. Um, so I really try to leverage LinkedIn in that way. And outside of that, I am, I cook, I uh, am a musician um, and an artist, I guess, uh, s somewhat, and um, just a, a server of, of the community that I'm currently living in. That's amazing. So, so I guess we'll tell, we'll tell the people like how we really met. So I was scrolling on LinkedIn, minding my business, being my own self and uh, came across a post from Vincent. And he said, <clears throat> it started exactly like this. I'll not forget it. I'll be like, here's what I think about the crying CEO. For those mm -hmm. who don't know, you can literally look up on LinkedIn, hashtag crying CEO, and you'll know who we're talking about. So we'll keep it off the podcast here. Yeah. Um, but I got, I got curious. I got like, oh shit, I got, I'm trying to see. I clicked <laughs> to open the post, okay? Because what Vincent did was just put it as a first line and then literally didn't put back, what was it? Three lines uh, afterwards you said- It's like six. <laughs> the six line uh, uh, separation. And then he said literally nothing, but did you know I'm looking for a job or I'm looking for a career or whatever? And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. I literally stood up, gave you your standing ovation. I said, he's a genius. I said, he's an effing genius, if I remember correctly. But again, I want to make my mama proud. I'll, I'll sure. um, but I thought it was a genius. So walk me through, like, what made you do this? <laughs> I, I will say so. And, and this is what I tell a lot of people when they ask me, like, oh, how do you leverage LinkedIn? Da, 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 da. And sure, there's, there was a lot of iterations, a lot of strategy. Yeah. But I also tell people like there was a lot of luck in there too, because I literally woke up that morning mm -hmm. and I was just like, I'm just going to say something clever. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, everybody's talking about it. And it's, you know, and I have my opinions about it just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, but really I was like, how do I say something that could be clever, maybe a little funny, um, but then also accurate to what I was trying to accomplish. 
And so I put that on there thinking I get a couple, you know, little laugh emojis um, and but maybe that- a couple people. And yeah, that post <laughs> it blew up. Uh, I think I got over 90,000 impressions and over 700 engagements. I'll, I'll show my hand. It, it led me to get my current job. That's what's up. That's what's up. And how many people, like how many job opportunities did you get just from that post? Oh my goodness. Um, I can't even tell you. It, it definitely had to be over 50. Like okay. people either putting their talent board. Honestly, it might be more than that. Uh-huh. But people either saying, hey, we're hiring for this particular role. Hey, I want to talk to you about a role. Um, Hey, we are hiring for this. Um, And so it led to quite a few interviews as well. And so I I became very busy after that post. Got it. (laughs) You became busy. And you were you were in the market or were you transitioning? Yeah. So I uh, previously worked in the mortgage world Mm. Um, and you know, at this current time, mortgages are doing what they're doing. And so um, the company that I worked for, they're young company, like five years old, and they had to do restructuring, which led to a layoff. Um, So I was aggressively looking for work at that time. Was it the first time you were ever laid off? Yes, that was a that was a first experience for sure. Okay, so okay, so I'd love to ask you, are you okay if I ask you about how you felt your particular truth about it? Um, Because I think the best thing that ever happened to me was being laid off a couple jobs mm-hmm. and being fired in a couple jobs. And I can tell you a little bit about why in a hot second, but sure. what, what made you, first of all, what did you think when that email or that meeting happened? I was a little surprised because not to toot my own horn, but I was, I was pretty proficient in my department. Got it. And great stats, like always met or exceeded all my KPIs and such. So I was like, okay, you know, I won't get caught in this one. Um, And then so once I saw my Slack get just automatically locked out, I was like, okay, they're coming for me. No way. Yeah. So and then my manager said, hey, hop on a Zoom. Let's 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 get this over with. Uh, And my manager was super, super nice. Um, And she you could tell that she was very like emotionally affected by it because she was not happy. Um, But it's, you know, she said it's not my company. So it's not my decision to make. And so I felt like surprised, but then I was also very understanding um, because from just a practical like um, C-suite mindset, it's like either our doors are going to close by Mm -hmm. paying everybody's salary and they're not doing any work or minimal work, or we've got to restructure in order to keep it, keep the doors open, weather the storm and then ramp back up. And so I also felt like if I were a CEO, I probably would have to do the same. Um, it, it's a decision, you know, it's a hard one to make, but one that's necessary. Yeah. Okay. So personally, like how, how were you for real? Like after a few days, at first it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. Da, 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 da. And then, um, then I felt like, nah, man, like, <laughs> they, you know, always talked about, oh, you're a family and we, we love everybody here. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, uh, I, and I particularly felt a, a ways um, because we, we now I understand severance is not something that is required, um, but they did seek to offer that. And it was like, I'm not too thrilled about this. 
And so sent back um, kind of a, a negotiation of like, hey, can we work this to be a better payoff since it takes so long to find a job? And they basically like closed that door. And I was like, all this talk of like how together we are and how much of a family we are and how much we take care of each other. And and then all of that to be boiled down to just business decisions. That was that was a little bit upsetting. And so even though I understood, it was still frustrating for sure. Yeah, I I can relate in both ways. Like I said, the best thing that ever happened to me in my career was being laid off. Mm-hmm. And the, like I said, the second time, so I was laid off twice and then has been fired twice, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep, twice in the last 10 years. And in the last four years, I've been working for myself. So mm-hmm. can't do the math there. Yeah. But it was always like a realization that having one income for me was as risky as just, it was too risky. It's like having no job for me. And so that's when I started after getting fired the third time, that's when I started thinking like, okay, well, I need to find a way to multiply my income with something I'm good at. And that was managing campaign in the programmatic realm. So I started teaching people on the low, low, getting paid here and there, freelancing here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think the biggest realization. And I hope whoever's listening is that oh, shakes, if you only have your nine to five, I'm not telling you like, oh my gosh, go run, find a freelance job. I'm just saying there are other ways as human beings because a job does not define our identity. It's just not part of it. It's just ease in our life. That's it. And so jobs comes and go, but your identity grows. Mm -hmm. In order for you to get to a certain point in your life, you might have to invest here and there. So that's what I mean by you might want to Uh, diversify your income stream and that takes time too okay it doesn't happen overnight Mm -hmm. and the second thing is that just realizing that no matter how loyal I can be to a company I am still just an employee so there's a very fine line and there's a healthy boundary to set whenever you're working anywhere with understanding that I can be as cool as possible with everybody in this place but I am replaceable and I'm okay with being that I'm still going to do a great job and give it 1000 percent but you need to understand the boundary. So I'm, I'm, I really don't like when a company put on their, what is it, job description, like family-like environment. To me, I'm right. cringe when this happened because I'm like, this is scary. It's mm. I have my family at home. My business is not even my baby. Even like when some entrepreneurs are like, oh, my business is my baby. I'm like, nah, the first one who wants to buy this business is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I love what I do. Okay, I love what I do. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing because again, somebody is listening. If one person listens to this and be like, dang, this is actually truth. It can happen to anyone. It has been happening in our industry as well. Mm-hmm. And they can learn that it's like you really hustled on LinkedIn and will get into like your step, your day to day, right? In a hot second. But you yeah. hustled on LinkedIn and you found a job within what what was your your time frame? Um, from layoff. So layoff was April 27th and I signed that offer last week. So about five months, five months. And you were hot, like you were on LinkedIn every day, you know, just leveraging, reaching out to hiring managers So walk us through like some of those steps. Yeah. So, um, and, and this is more of just a, an overview of everybody who yeah. is wanting to leverage LinkedIn. Now I kind of got sucked into where it's like, okay, I think I should build a personal brand. Not everybody has to do that, but um, you know, for people who really want to be active, I post at least once every day, at most three times every day. Oh, wow. Um, 
And that's a lot of work because yeah. you are structuring your post. You are trying to make sure the content is original. You're trying to make sure that it's relevant. It's a value add. You're teaching somebody or informing somebody or at least incepting an idea that yeah. is useful in some kind of way. Um, and so that can take some time. Um, but being diligent and consistent to do that every single day. Um, and sometimes I take a break on the weekend. Maybe I won't post on a Sunday or something. Um, but I try to post often, um, revamping your profile to look accessible and vibrant and really communicate a message of what you are either looking for or what you provide. That's going to be a huge, huge part of it. Another thing that I did was I didn't only reach out to recruiters. I reached out to talent sourcers, mm -hmm. um, which in my understanding are people who are kind of on the front lines to get you to the recruiter. Um, and I know it probably works different for different companies or industries, but definitely making sure to make those connections. And then I think the biggest leverage that I had um, was genuine connection. Uh, now, every single person that follows me or that is a connection, I haven't had like in-depth conversations, haven't like gone to their house and had dinner with their families. <laughs> but a lot of people that I have connected with, I try to have an actual conversation that I'm actually listening even get on a zoom call um i'm using this company called volley that does asynchronous communication um and so that's been super useful uh to the point where i have it on my profile like i can talk to anybody because it's whenever i'm free <laughs> being honest people can feel it if you're reaching out to them as a means to an end and people don't like to be used yeah. Um, so even if you have yeah. a very curated message of, oh, thank you so much for connecting. I can't wait until we have lucrative ideas together. It's like, this is weird. You don't know me yet. Like, so, I, yeah, I absolutely relate because I've been doing outreach, cold outreach, as called, I, I think it's mm -hmm. called. And I'm always divided like, okay, if there was, this was me receiving, what, why would I look at this? And you know, and I'm testing, I'm testing the messaging. Some of them work, some of them don't work at all. Exactly, yeah. And sometimes I copy paste, but sometimes I take the time to go on the person's profile and be like, is that you sure you want to talk to this person? Um, so I'm still testing it all. Um, but I, I find that you're right. If you want to be treated a certain way, then you have to treat that person that way. And I think your point is excellent in terms of like, you, you know, you can feel someone, somebody's genuinely trying to help. And if you're listening out there and you're in your outreach effort, you're just sending like, thank you for connecting. What makes your heart beat these days? Or, you know, what, what project made you happy in the last seven days? Don't do that. Don't do yeah. that. Nobody has time to type out why my heart beats. And my right. what makes my heart beats. Coming <laughs> up the stairs, my heart beats. It's faster. Yeah. But when I see this message, I'm like, all right, Ellen. You're in business development as well as, as the CEO of my company. Mm. Got to be nice. And I'm like, thank you so much. But I just don't have the bandwidth to entertain a conversation. Or, but at least yeah. I respond. So like, do respond to those people and let them know it's just not working for you. Politely, okay? Because that's their day-to-day. -day, you know, mm. you got to be kind. Kindness is free and it's so needed. My God. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, adding certain personal aspects um, really do open the door up. Like if somebody's asking me, um, I, I have in my profile, it's almost like a little secret gym to know if somebody's actually reading. Um, I put that I auditioned for American Idol. Um, but it was a long time ago. But it's like if somebody puts in their message, like, yo, what song did you sing when you auditioned for American Idol? 
okay. like that puts like okay they're actually they actually took the time to read or at the very least skim and they are interested in something that is attached to who i am that makes um a, that makes a big yeah difference. makes a big big difference and like you said when you're doing cold outreach even when I've, I'm on the, uh, the end of sending the message, it's not always going to be received or, yeah. you know, it's not always going to go through, but at least you're showing like, hey, there is a level of authenticity. And like, I want to actually be connected with you when I'm hitting that connect button, rather than saying, I want you in my network so you can leverage your position to get me something. Um, and I think that changes the game for sure. And then one thing I want to double back on really quick mm-hmm. is authenticity. When mm-hmm. you're posting, be yourself. And e- regardless of what that is, um, if you are very, you know, truthful, forward person, be that on your post. If you're funny and kind of quirky or whatever, like whatever you are, whoever you are, bring that to your posts and do it in a way that engages people. And I think you'll you'll reap the benefits from that by just being yourself. I love it because like I was trying to look for that CEO, hashtag CEO, crying CEO post that you you had on LinkedIn. I'm gonna find it somewhere in here. Yeah. Um, but yes. like because I shared it too. But I'm scrolling down your post and I can definitely feel your energy. I can feel like your your personality and even like one of uh like it's it's like you're you're a funny guy, right? Like you're you posted, I think it was one of these before you got hired, you posted like, oh, um, my green ba- uh, my green gang, what is it? My green banner gang is coming down. Yeah. And like, Just kidding. I'm practicing in manif- when, when yep. it happens. <laughs> I cracked up. I was like, oh my God, he did. Yeah. I think that's when I reached out to you about my course and about like, you know, I'm yes. also talent acquisition. And I was like, let me just help this guy really quick. <laughs> but you had already been busy interviewing at that time. So do you remember when you posted this uh, post? Um, the one of the CE, the crying CEO. I think that was about three weeks ago, four okay. at the most. Okay, so about three weeks ago, Vincent posted the post that we were referring to, how we came across and how we met. And then three weeks later, he was hired. Mm-hmm. I haven't had, I don't have a viral post story, but every time I've used LinkedIn strategically, like you have posting myself authentically, reaching out to specific people like you did, talent recruiting, hiring managers, really studying them and engaging with them. I've never been without a job for more than 2.5 weeks, like two weeks. That's it. Mm. Um, and then the third year I was, talk- I was starting. So maybe an average, like less than three weeks, I would say. Because I've used similar strategies that you had. And that's why I was so looking forward to talking to you. So again, don't sleep on LinkedIn. I know that some people think LinkedIn is becoming the new Facebook, but I don't agree. I don't see it at all. all. I have this experience. And I know that some people don't like personal posts on LinkedIn. I disagree. Again, we are human beings outside of work. So it's okay to post like, my kid's first, you know, outfit of the, you know, first day outfit. I think it's healthy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fine. We like seeing it. If you don't keep scrolling, you've been scrolling the whole time anyway. Right. So what are your biggest lessons? Biggest lessons. Um, it kind of goes in, in tandem with uh, some of the advice is really being authentic, I think is a huge part. Um, and I honestly, I have to give a shout out to uh, Shanae Eckert. She's mm-hmm. the recruiting cousin. Uh, at Microsoft and her posts of authenticity, like I've met her on Zoom and I read her post and it's like, that's the same person. Um, and so that's one huge thing I've learned. 
And I learned throughout, you know, like how we used to do job searching yeah. is not how job searching works anymore. Um, and so don't get stuck with, well, I used to do it this way. It's like, I'm sure you did. And I'm sure it worked. Then we are in a brand new game right now. Yeah. So knowing how to strategize and iterate over time, really monitor what works, what doesn't, what's getting me through, what's getting me interviews, what's stopping this process and just keep changing it up until you find that perfect formula. Um, and then um, the last thing I'd say is be humble to take advice from others. And I got a lot, like people reached out wanting to tell me about this or about that, or here's how you should do your profile. Here's how you should um, shape your about section. Here are the things you should highlight. And, you know, you, know you, you eat the meat and spit out the bones. What works, keep it. What doesn't, no disrespect, but I'm not going to use that. Um, but being humble enough to say, hey, I want to listen because right now I'm in a position where I need to learn. And you, if you're a forever learner, you're always in that position, but just always making sure that um, you're learning. And so if you're learning, humble enough to listen and then do all those other things, I think you're, wow. you're, on, a, you're on a great track. And those are the things that I learned. That is so dope. That is so dope. So so it took you about, from that post, you receive about, what, you said 50 plus offers. Briefly, like, why did you go for the one you interviewed for? The one that I interviewed for, one, um, I, once I had my first interview, um, shout out to Annette, that first interview felt like I was just catching up with a friend. And so that was already a good sign because I've had plenty of interviews and some, it's very formal questions, but it was just like, I don't know this lady, but it's like I know known her for years and we hadn't talked for a while and we were just catching up. Yeah. So that was one, that was a great sign. And then two, um, for the role that I applied for, I reached out to other people who were in like the sales department yeah. and they only spoke highly of the company, the culture, and they always juxtaposed it to, I was at this other company who did a similar thing. And they were good, but I struggled in this area, that area, and this company absolutely doesn't do that. Um, and then in meeting the manager and other um, account executives at the at the company, it's just like it seems so welcoming and welcoming of learning. If you are a person who is dedicated, you are not afraid of challenge, and you welcome learning, then it's like you are going to fit in. So out of all of the uh, interviews or offers that I uh, received, I was like, this one I think is going to be the one where I can learn a lot, be challenged and um, come out with a lot more skills. Got it. Oh my gosh. That is so, so interesting. What is one challenge you went through and you're thinking like, dang, now that I think back, maybe I could have done better here. Mm. Um, and the reason why I'm asking this specific question is because again, I'm learning from you. Somebody's learning from you and they're going through this process. Right. I get to talk to a lot of people every day and I love it, right? I get to educate them in like the basic fundamentals of programmatic advertising, which again, that's my expertise. And mm -hmm. I get to teach them the skill set they will need to do their day-to-day -day job. But the biggest skill set that I tell them they already have that can be transferred is their communication style, like mm -hmm. how they're presenting, how they're translating what they do to like a 
stakeholder, but then I always say, if you're not able to explain to a five-year-old what you do on a daily basis, then you might not know your job correctly. And I specifically say five-year-old because if you're not able to dumb it down, not that they're dumb, but really reduce to a level where anybody can understand, then yeah. you're not doing, you know, you still have a lot of learning and that's okay. Sure. And one of the things they always come is like during the interview process, they're super nervous because they don't have, they're just now starting in the industry. But I always like to highlight the fact that, but you, you've been working for five years. I don't know, at Target or at Starbucks, that is a very important job. All jobs mm -hmm. are jobs, all experience are experience. And you've learned a lot for dealing in customer service, for managing inventory, you name it. Mm -hmm. So is there a time in your interview process specifically where you were like, dang, that was a big ass challenge or oops, that was an oopsie mm. or something like I could have done this or now that I think about it, I should have said that. So I have two examples of um, like it was a challenge, but I won. Okay. And then um, good, good. I should have said this and it probably contributed to my loss. Okay. So one challenge that I had really was, so I, I wanted to go to this company. I hope, is it cool if I say the name of the company? Yeah. If you're okay saying it, you can. Okay. So dream company that I wanted to work for was a company called Better Up mm -hmm. and fantastic. I think they're in the industry of business, uh, business development, artificial intelligence, I think they call it. Okay. And they do coaching and it's for leadership and, and just just a beautiful, beautiful idea that I yeah. think they're very successful at. Nice. Um, so I did get an interview mm -hmm. and I get into the interview and I'm usually not nervous for interviews, but this is your dream job. It's yeah. like, <laughs> you so, it. <laughs> yeah, I started overthinking. I was, I was on their careers page uh -huh. trying to make sure I fit in all of the words for like their core values and their yeah. culture and all of these things. And to the point where I was overthinking it so much, it was word salad. It, I was oh. saying a lot and saying nothing. Okay. Um, and so I tried to salvage it by sending an email after just saying, hey, I was a little bit nervous, you know, because this is a big deal. And But, you know, worst comes to worst, they didn't say anything for a few weeks and then they were like, sorry. Okay. So it's one of those things where it's it's okay to be nervous. There's nothing wrong with it. You're a human. Humans have emotions but it's saying okay how do i mind down what's important and then how do i tell a good story yeah um and if i can do that then i can probably communicate exactly what they're looking for yeah. um and it's not gonna it's not an exact science it's not always gonna work but it's a good principle to have another challenge that i had that actually gave me a w was um an assessment a lot of companies are doing assessments now yeah. if you get to like second or third um round interviews and so i had one where they were like hey here's your region here's where you're gonna sell sell our product to these you know people like show us how you would go through that and i racked my brain for an entire week <laughs> um i did make a very impressive slide deck i will say so myself um, but I was just like, what if they're looking for this? What if they're looking for that? Yeah. Like, how do I make sure I communicate this? How do I communicate that? And so it was another time where I was overthinking, but what I did was, uh, I, I just kind of went head first in saying, all right, this is going to be tough because I don't know much about, uh, engineering or software engineering or any of that kind of stuff, but I'm going to learn it and I'm going to present it and again, tell that story. And that's what got this is for the job that I got. 
they were super impressed to the point where one of the AEs said, like, you've set yourself apart from all the other candidates. That's what's up. So that's just one of those, you know, challenges that, you know, failed one and then won one. No, that's good. That's a great, that's both, both of them are really great example um, because I can relate to like being overprepared. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And really just vomiting only what I saw on the job description, what I saw somebody else on their, their the LinkedIn profile, whatever. And mm-hmm. it goes back to your, one of your main lesson, which was remaining authentic. Like that was not me remembering all these things. It's just like me. It's just like, oh, let's give it a, let's be a discussion. Let's, you know, let's be human in here. Let's bring this. Um, I have a lot of energy. I'm very charismatic. And I remember very, really robotic because I was reciting something. So it goes back to what you were saying, being authentic. So I know I want, I have a few more questions, but I want to be respectful of your time. So we're going to move towards the closing segment where I like to ask a few personal questions. Are you ready? Sure. Absolutely. All right. So can you share one fun fact about yourself? Okay. So we know you're a musician because you introduced yourself. We also Mm -hmm. know about American Idol because you gave us a gem. So you got to give us something else. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, questions like this show how how much or how not interesting you are um it's interesting that everybody says that but i always find a way to pull the fun out of them i think we're just not we're just not good at talking genuinely about ourselves so we block yeah we got we have this blockage of like shit what is it what do i like to do for fun i don't know (laughs) you know um well hey (laughs) One thing that I do like, and this is going to be like, it's going to be so odd um, <laughs> or probably not fun to others, sit down. but I, uh, I really enjoy like healthy nutrition and uh, particularly because about a year and a half ago, I was, I was really big and I lost True. over 60 pounds. Oh, wow. Um, Good for you. And, so, Good for you. and in that, I had to learn a lot about sugars and carbs and yeah. proteins and all of these, you know, macros and calories and all these kinds of things. And like taking an extra 30 minutes to uh, read all the labels and nutrition facts and things like that. But then I got good at it. And so now I can kind of eyeball it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that I really enjoy. I, I'm not always consistent when it comes to the gym. Um, but regulating my eating patterns and being, um, being aware of the things that I'm consuming and making good assumptions about what I am uh, doing as far as taking care of my body. That's something that I, I really enjoy. That's perfect because, you know, again, it goes back to everything, your whole person, right? Um, are you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically healthy? All of those pillars have to be checked in order for you to be really living that happy life that they'd be selling on these commercials, right? So yeah. it's all, it starts with us. And I, and I appreciate you saying that you had a learning curves because I went through the same thing. I had, I have hypothyroid. So it's always learning like, okay, hormonal one, how are you healthy? But it goes mm. back to your gut health. And then you're like, okay, so how do you make sure your gut is health? What is gut? You know, where's the <laughs> gut start and the gut end? What is that? So it's all about education. And I and my thank you for sharing and being so transparent because I think we focus also on the weight as a healthy pattern. But like you were just saying, nah, I went through the health change, but I mean the weight change, but I also went through the mindset change, which is mm-hmm in my opinion, even more important because when your mind is there, everything else follows. So 100%. Okay. So really quickly, what is the latest book you read or listened 
I am, I'm a theology nerd. Oh, um, okay. good, good. So I read a lot of dense, like academic books that are not fun. Uh, <laughs> they're fun for me, but like, I wouldn't be like, yo, you really need to read this unless you had a specific intention to learn it. Yeah. But my wife, she reads a lot of uh, fantasy novels. Oh, nice. So she got me into a book called uh, Mistborn by an author named Brandon Sanderson. Uh-huh. And it's actually really, really good. What is it about? Um, oh, man. Okay, that's a great. Let me dumb it down for my, for the five-year-old. Um <laughs> <laughs> hey, I swear, if you remember this, even in a meeting, right, you yeah. have no idea, like, the impact you will have in that meeting. People are going to remember you. They will. They will. 100%. So this, this basically, there are uh, mistings, which are a group of individuals who can burn particular metals when they consume them, and it gives them certain powers. What? A mistborn is a person who can do all of the powers oh. um and so it's basically taking you along this journey of two main characters uh vin and kelsier and they are trying to overthrow the kingdom because obviously the king is bad um <laughs> and it kind of goes through their journey and how vin grows to learn her abilities as well as how they overcome the empire this sounds like a future netflix series or something I think, at least I heard uh, that there's a TV show or something, uh-huh. uh, maybe on like Amazon or something that's that's on its oh, way. Prime, so. You're right. Amazon Prime would do something like that. Um, yeah, exactly. So maybe in like four years, but if it does and they can produce it really well, yeah, I would absolutely watch it. Yeah, I, I have read books where the book was way better than the movie. You know, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can you can do when it comes to like, visualizing something um right but yeah i totally understand i'm in self-development books and that's one of the only thing i read and i find it so interesting but mm-hmm. i have a friend where i send her like oh my gosh you should read this book like blah 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 because she's a ceo of her own company too mm-hmm. that was like gnosis the only thing i i do when it comes to reading is listening to the book and i only listen to like <laughs> serial killer criminal <laughs> podcasting and i'm like <laughs> got it <laughs> Forget yeah. It. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. Those can be super fascinating. I still don't want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not because I'm scared I'm gonna be hooked and then everything else is just gonna go. Yeah, that's true. Not yet, well, not yet. I will say, um, and this is just a shameless plug. <laughs> there is a Wondry podcast uh-huh. called Dr. Death. They have series mm-hmm. and it's talking about like a real doctor who did stuff that was like super crazy in their first season oh was this God. doctor in uh, he's a neurosurgeon in Texas. And for anybody who's listened to it, they know what I'm talking about. It oh, is Lord. crazy. It's so crazy how that story is. My gosh. Well, Vincent, I need you to send me every single person you sh- gave a shout out because I will add their at least their LinkedIn information into the show notes. I'm going to have Vincent's information into our show notes as well. And both of all, all them books you just mentioned, um, we'll, we'll have it in there as well. Do you want to just leave us with like a word of wisdom? Like in the next, if you had to leave us with like 30 seconds of wisdom, what would it be? Um, there's one thing I, uh, last week, actually, I sought to remind my uh, network every single day uh, for seven days. 
uh, or for five days, business days. Right. Basically, this phrase called uh, where you say over and over to yourself, uh, better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today. Oh, nice. Um, and it's just a reminder that you can be okay with the accomplishments or learning that you've had today. And you can, as, as long as you have life, you can do something better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just keeps that encouragement that I didn't really fail. Um, I This is just a, a point of pivoting and I have the opportunity to celebrate my victories. That is amazing. That's why I'm so big on gratitude and journaling and, and really trying to be grateful for everything that made you smile or maybe mm-hmm. we're proud of. I actually call it the, the wind folder where you put everything that made you feel good that day, every day. And then you'll come back a month later and you have all those things to be thankful for. Yeah. I also love that because I'm sure my Christians, brothers and sisters out there, which I am one of them too, are going to throw as many verses as possible from the Bible because it's in there. But that's what mm-hmm. the Bible specifically tells you. Everything you need is within your hands, is within you. You really don't need anything else but getting up and doing what you do. So mm. best way to finish this podcast. Thank you so much for dropping back. This has been an honor. You're amazing. If nobody told you, you're killing it. I don't care what, just because you just find a job don't mean you need to stop. I mean, I haven't seen you slow down, so I appreciate you for doing what you're doing. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.